When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up? Welcome in to a very busy edition of the CHGO Bears podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. What's going on, Bears fans? We got a ton to talk about today. Adam Hogue, Will DeWitt in studio. Nicholas Moriano will uh, join. Actually, he's already here. He's joining us from Soldier Field, still in the press box. We were actually all there today for the practice at Soldier Field at Family Fest. Uh, Nick stuck around to handle what turned out to be a very eventful uh, post-practice, post-game press conference yeah. situation uh, with the GM, which we'll bring to you here momentarily. Um, but wow, this day has escalated pretty quickly, Will. Yeah, it really did. About three-quarters through my drive up here today, got the news about Roquan Smith You know, requesting a trade. I don't know if you've heard that yet. I'm sure you have, but... I almost had to like pull off on the side of the highway, just kind of like process it a bit, but I powered through. But yeah, I think this entire day feels like an eternity, Adam. And uh, unfortunately, we have more than just a practice to talk about. Yes, we will talk about the practice, though. We'll save our best and worst of the day for that uh, a little bit later on. But here's what we wanted to do, because Ryan Poles held an impromptu press conference at the end of practice today. Uh, We did not even know it was happening. (laughs) Uh, He just came in and... uh, addressed the media it was about three and a half minutes a little bit over that long opening statement two or three extra questions and then he decided like that was enough because after all this is still a negotiation so what we're going to do for you is we're going to play that for you right now in case you missed it uh, so you can hear from the gm and what was what with what we're used to over the years recently uh, a rare unscheduled press conference from the general manager so here it is all right, so wanted to come in here and, you know, let everyone know, obviously, we're aware of everything that's popped up with Roquan and Twitter. Uh, so I thought it would be best just to address it straightforward. Um, like, I'll double down on what I've said before. My feelings for Roquan have, haven't changed at all. I think he's a very good football player. I love the kid. love what he's done on the field, um, which makes me really disappointed where we're at right now. Um, I thought we'd be in a better situation, to be completely honest with you. In terms of our philosophy in the front office, I've always believed and always will be that we take care of our homegrown talent. We pay them, we take care of them, and and we take care of them for what they've done and what they can be become in the future. And with this situation, we've showed respect from a, from a very early time frame, and. With that said, I mean, there's there's record-setting pieces of this contract that I knew for a fact was, I thought was going to show him the respect that he deserves, and obviously that hasn't been the case. Uh, with that said, you know, we can't lose sight that this isn't about one player. My job is to build a roster that's going to sustain success for a long period of time. Um, And at the end of the day, we got to do you know what's best for the Chicago Bears. So I'll take a few questions from you. I just wanted to make sure I got up. I addressed this with you. We know what's going on, and um, we're doing everything we can to get this done. Ryan, is your intention to trade him as his request asks for, or do you think something can be worked out? Right now, my intentions are to sign Roquan to this team, and we're going to take it day by day, and. At the end of the day, we got to do what's best for this organization. But my intentions are to make sure Roquan Smith's on this team. Were you aware that it was this dire, I guess, in his mind? It's a little bit, you know, like there's always going to be a little bit of separation. But at the same time, like for an extension, it's got to make sense for both sides. And, and obviously, we're not at that point for him to put that out there. Ryan, what was your reaction to his message that was shared with Ian Rappaport as far as um, the organization not valuing him? Yeah, like I said, there's 
when we engaged and we brought it, we brought it. And I thought there was a lot of respect in where we're at right now. That obviously that's not um, good enough for for him and his party, but um, I feel like we showed respect with what we've done and showed value for who he is as a football player and what he can become. Have the negotiations been him directly to you um, because he doesn't have an agent? How does that work? Yeah, it make, it's it's difficult. It's difficult. Um, there's there's emotions involved, and uh, it's tough. It's it's a very unique situation that we've had to de deal with, and I thought we've done a pretty good job. Um, which again, that's why I'm a little disappointed that we're at this spot. But um, again, that's where we're at. Want to let you know, and if anything changes, I'll update you. All right. Uh, so there is the full press conference from Ryan Poles. Not very long, but still very insightful. A lot to react to in there. I want to kick it out though to Nick, who is out at Soldier Field right now. Was in the room for the press conference. Nick just kind of set the scene for us. I mean, at what point you'd, you'd realize the GM was going to talk and just your overall reaction to what he said? Oh, when he was the first one to step into the room. Like, he was, it was polls, then Eberflus, and we're like, oh, like you said, it, it wasn't scheduled, right? And seeing Ryan Poles kind of address this, um, you know, obviously wanted to, to get in front of this, right, with all the news coming out earlier today with Roquan requesting a trade. But just listening – to what he was saying, like there was record setting pieces in this contract that he feels just kind of disrespected and also disappointed, really just disappointed that it's gotten to this point. Obviously they thought they put out an offer that Roquan Smith would, you know, indulge, but obviously that that's not the case, especially with how Roquan Smith addressed it earlier today. Yeah, Nick, uh, when we were just kind of hearing Ryan Poles, we didn't get to see him, but to me it sounded like there was a lot of emotion behind the words. Like he just seemed very just upset in general. Like was that the demeanor that he kind of approached his press conference with? Again, we just had a still image and I didn't get to see it. Yeah, I mean, it, it did seem like Ryan Poles, again, was disappointed that it's gotten this far, that now it's public that we see that Roquan's saying the things that he's saying and yet, on Ryan Poles' end, he's like, he's got an organization that he has to look for in terms of long-term. It's not just about Roquan Smith, but it, it, how he was saying it, it did seem like there was an overall disappointment in his voice and how he presented, but, you know, also at the same time hopeful that they can make something work. And at this point, they're, they're kind of on both sides of the fence here where they need to be right in the middle. But yeah, there was definitely disappointment, and that was expressed in how Poles was saying things and overall just in how he feels about the entire situation. Well, yeah, I mean, I think the headline from that press conference is just the way Ryan Poles addressed it, making it very clear. He's still trying to sign the player. He's not really engaging in trading him at this point. His goal is to, to sign him. He started the press conference by letting that uh, be clear, and then he ended it um, by saying that they're going to do – what they can to, to get the deal done. But obviously, they're far apart. I think this thing is obviously very tricky with the fact that Roquan Smith doesn't have an agent. It was quite a bold move to not only put out a statement this morning, even just the way in which it was done, just apparently being sent to just Ian Rappaport, um, which is fine. Um, but the statement, the way the statement read, too, was very strong in in saying that he feels disrespected that they um what was the way i don't have it in front of me right now what was the way in which he put it that um they have not negotiated in good faith mm -hmm. really from from like the whole time uh and that is very different from how polls described it in his press conference and i'm sure it's somewhere in the middle but I think they clearly, and I was actually able to see the video um, as it was happening, and so Nick, you were in the room. I mean, you could tell, to me, you could tell Poles' frustration, I think, and disappointment really comes from the fact that Roquan Smith aired this out publicly today. Right. Um, more so than anything else. And then he snapped right back in there into smart statements that he made that he still likes the player, wants to sign the player, feels like he's been respectful to the player, points out parts of the, uh, not really any specifics, but says there are some record-breaking aspects to this contract. We'll find out what's true, what's not true as this whole thing shakes out. Um, but I honestly have to say, 
if these if these two sides are this far apart, I think both sides play their cards pretty well today. To be honest with you, <laughs> that's a that's a good way to look at it. I mean, if you're looking at it from both perspectives, which I have been trying to do, you know, all day long, like well, how does it look like from Roquan Smith? And obviously, he felt disrespected, but I thought, like listening to Ryan Pohl speak, that I th- he was flabbergasted like by that comment because I jotted down the word respect that Ryan Pohl said, and it came out of his mouth like six, seven times here, and it mattered just four minutes. I thought that Pohl's believed strongly that the offer that was on the table was one that was respectful of the player that Roquan is and what he means to this football team, but obviously Roquan is not feeling the same exact way. But, yeah, looking at it from both sides, I'm just honestly just pissed off that it, we're at this point in general. I'm sure, you know, Ryan Pohl's is. Same thing with Roquan, but, like, as a Bears fan, seeing that news come out today, like, out of all days, it's family fest, and we have a little bit of an internal beef, too. So, I don't know. I'm just personally a little pissed off at the moment. I told you, Nick, as soon as you sat down next to me, like, I'm not in a good mood. This is uh, this has put me kind of uh, a little bit upset here today. And I can't even think straight. That's how upset I am. You know, I was surprised that Roquan Smith was here today. And I think that kind of shows that he still wants to be a part of it because in that statement that he sent to Ian report, he says, I haven't had a chance to talk to the McCaskey family, and maybe they can stop. But as of right now, I don't see a path back to the organization I truly love. Yet he was out here. He was doing a variety of different workouts on the sidelines, and he was here at FanFest. And you know what? When all this came out, I'm like thinking as I'm driving again to Soldier Field, there's no way Roquan Smith is here, but he is. I think they, you know, I honestly do believe that Roquan does want to be a part of this organization still, that Ryan Pohl still wants to have him here. They just need to, whatever the, the, the record setting languages or they got to just meet a little bit closer to hopefully both sides can meet in the middle there. But I was surprised he was here. And maybe that is a sign that again, he still wants to be a part of his organization. He's been doing all training camp, right? He has, he's been holding in being a part of things. So I, I think, you know, obviously they have to go back and talk through things. It's a little bit more difficult when he doesn't have an agent, but that's going to be what the process is from here on. And who knows when this actually get uh, situated. And Nick, you said they need to meet in the middle, but if Roquan's demands are outlandish, and even the middle is like somewhere severe, or Ryan pa- Ryan Poles almost did it, <laughs> uh, doesn't even want to go. Like I, I saw that in the notes, actually. Then I think that does this makes this situation just that much more difficult. That if Roquan is wanting, you know figures that are just breaking the bank, setting all the records of that nature. And even meeting in the middle, isn't going to help the bears long-term in terms of like their financials, boy, like, isn't that just a tough situation for polls to be in, you know, right now, Nick, Nick, I want to ask you a question from the end of the press conference because the, the, the video actually cut off. Um, but it looked like there was one question that was trying to be snuck in there at the end as polls was walking off. And I think it was about Roquan being out there at practice today. Were you able, since you were there, to what did he say in response? Yeah, um, that's exactly what was asked. Like, he was there out at the, on the sidelines. So what does that kind of mean? And then Ryan Pohl says, I think he wants to be a Chicago Bear. So, oh. you know, just in being there, kind of what I, what I was saying earlier, but that was like the very last question. Again, he's still around the team. I think there is – a want from Roquan. They just, again, need to go back and go to the fine fine tuning of things to see where where they can kind of get closer in terms of what Roquan's looking for. What's also going to be smart for the team. It's like, are you going to prioritize paying your inside linebacker when you have so many holes on this team? Like, that's that's where I think it, the discrepancy is between the Bears side and obviously Roquan's side. Uh, I want to actually get back to Will, what you were talking What What exactly are you upset about right now? I'm just curious. Yeah, I mean, I'm just upset that Honestly, both sides of the equation. Like, I wish there was a deal already done because I want Roquan out there. He's the leader of this defense. And then on the other side, too, like, you look at other players around the league, and Tremaine Edmonds is a great comparison. He was drafted eight picks after Roquan. They play similar positions. He's exercising – well, they exercise his fifth-year option, and he knows there's not a long-term deal going on right now, and his mindset is – I only can control what I can control, and I want to go out there and have fun and play. And I know Buffalo is a much better situation than Chicago, but just because this team sucks, I don't know if that's much leverage to say I don't want to play or I don't want to sit right now. So I think I'm just upset because we have to have this situation. We have to talk about it right now. And I think Roquan's probably asking a bit too much, and the Bears are, you know, I saw, what, Penny pinching polls earlier on Twitter today, and he's being very frugal. We've known that, and 
he's you know he's entered a very interesting situation too. But I think that's my answer, and I don't even know if I answered you. No, but I I think it's because we're we're getting some comments here too about you know how much the Bears have screwed this up, and I just feel like we got to remember and check the calendar, everyone. It's August 9th. Yep. They're over a month away from the game against the 49ers. You know, there's a lot of time here. I know um, Roquan Smith's statement that he put out today was sudden and surprising, and nobody was really expecting it, and he doesn't have an agent, which hearing the words come out of him, his mouth, well, not really his mouth, but his statement, you know, through a on Twitter, um, compared to an agent maybe putting something out there or leaking something to to somebody in the national media. Like, it's a little different, but I, as I put on Twitter shortly after that statement came out, like, there's a lot of time here. And I, and I think that it, we got to understand this was a negotiating tactic by Ro- Roquan mm-hmm. Smith, and it definitely was not an accident that it came out the morning of Family Fest, I don't think. And I just think it's wise to everybody take a deep breath and let this thing play out before we make conclusions. Now, if he ends up not playing week one or they end up having to trade him, then I'm willing to have conversations about who screwed up what. But I think right now, sometimes these things get tricky and you just got to let them play out for what they are. And this one's trickier than most because he doesn't have an agent. Um, and I definitely think that he probably caught the Bears off guard and the GM off guard by putting that statement out there. But it's also important that Paul still came out. I thought he handled himself really well, quite frankly, with that press mm-hmm. conference. First of all, the decision to speak, the decision to be honest and transparent about the frustration, and then to make it clear that he still likes the player and wants the player to be around. I mean, he really, to me, hit a home run with all of those points he made. Yeah, no doubt, you guys. And I was kind of thinking about this whole situation with Roquan requesting a trade and obviously what you're saying, Adam, with time. I kind of thought about Debo Samuel because he requested the trade in April, right? Kind of forcing the 49ers' hand. Like, hey, I'm requesting a trade. I don't like how you're using me. And then what I'm looking at the articles, July 30th. Obviously, they're on a new three-year deal. So it's almost like pushing the Bears like, hey, we're going to put this out publicly. Like you said, it's on Family Fest. Everyone can see this. Let's push your hand a little bit so we can get this thing done. We can get I can get back on this team. So I kind of thought of that situation. Obviously, Debo has an agent. He's a, you know, there's a wide receiver market. Roquan Smith being an inside linebacker, that market's not as valuable as what it is. What we've been seeing from wide receivers, but I kind of thought of the tactic involved and wanting the trade, but still something got done about what two two about a month later when he requested a trade. So maybe that's what's in the cards for Roquan Smith. On the, the right timetable there, Adam. And I know Roquan is a player that he doesn't need a full camp. He doesn't need a preseason. He can jump in and be pretty much 100% week one if he doesn't have to go through any of those you know workouts and practices right now. But uh, like you, I'm very appreciative of Ryan Poles going out there today and speaking with the media. Uh, I know we wish we had a heads up so we would have been able to go down there and you know pick his brain a little bit more, although it was a very brief uh, segment and statement from him. But for him to go out there, I think that shows a lot of courage, uh, which is something that we didn't see a lot from the previous regime. I know Ryan Pace was a GM that didn't go in front of the media a lot, especially unexpected. Yeah. Uh, so that was something it just, to me, just gained a little bit more respect for Ryan Poles to kind of do that today like he did. Yeah, so I actually wanted to bring that up because uh, almost similar time frame First season as general manager, first training camp as general manager, Ryan Pace was dealing with a different controversy, but that was Kevin White's injury, which was mismanaged um, by the organization. A lot, I think, you put on John Fox specifically for the way he publicly was the opposite of transparent about what was going on there. And mixed in there, realistically, Kevin White did suffer a setback in there. Um, But... Where I'm going with this is Pace actually did. It was August 15th, 2015, in Bourbon A, held an impromptu press conference. Uh, there was a little bit more warning. There was like, a, hey, Pace is going to talk to you guys. <laughs> um, but he got up there and talked and revealed that he had suffered the setback, was going to have surgery, and there was a real chance that he was not going to play as a rookie. 
Um, so different situation. The Bears got caught up in this controversy. There was a lot of backlash after that just to how the whole thing played out. But in the end, I think the fact that he actually got up there and talked was a good thing. Um, unfortunately, we didn't really see that again. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a couple smaller instances where Pace would actually come and clear a couple things up in the media room in non-press conference settings. Um, but this, I think, very clearly was a good move by Poles today. Uh, it, it, Roquan kind of stole the the fan support this morning. I mean, I mm-hmm. think he has it anyway, but like he kind of started controlling the narrative himself with the statement he put out saying, unfortunately, the new front office regime doesn't value me here. Um, and that was the talk of Family Fest. And I think that the GM came back in and said, hey, wait, wait, wait a minute. Like, no, like, this is the situation. Um, this is a, the approach that we've had. We have to be smart about it at the same time. And I think that that paid off. And now I almost feel like we're back to where we were this morning before that Roquan Smith contract <laughs> came up. Because I got to be honest, like, I don't even believe that – I'm not saying that there's no chance that he's going to be traded, but I feel the same way I felt when I woke up this morning, which was I think Roquan Smith's going to be on the field for the Bears week one. Okay. I do. I, I like the way you're feeling. Uh, I don't expect him to get traded as well uh, just because he's still under contract. You could keep him here, and you know if he holds out, that will be on him to do so, but – yeah, like after you see both sides, I guess, like getting the complete picture, you're right. It's like, okay, now we're back to square one. We're right back where we kind of knew we were, which was at an impasse. And when, here we are, Nick. Here we are. And I think it just helps that, honestly, Roquan Smith is an inside linebacker, you guys. It's like, what is the market right now for a guy like – not that Roquan, Roquan's an awesome player, the best player on this Bears team. But is it a, a position of absolute necessity? for every for you know maybe a contending team possibly but obviously you're gonna have to pay him if you're gonna make this trade so that does i think help but i think for Eberflus, he's looking at this like yeah it's been documented he said that in his his press conference like it's documented like the three positions i need in this defense and roquan plays one of them so obviously he would probably argue for him but i think it does help the bears in this setting that he is an inside linebacker and if he's still here around the sidelines on family fest, even after the news, I, I think, you know, that, that bodes hopefully well for what they can do potentially down the road. And uh, Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that, um, you know, I, I think too, when you look, another reason why there needs to be patience here, you look at the contracts that have been given out to off the ball linebackers. And actually the majority of them haven't really worked out. And, and, or have come with some regret, at least towards the end of it. And you then look at the situation the Bears are in, at this spot, not necessarily even being close to a competitive window. Right. You can understand, like, I understand where the GM's coming from on this one. And he's just being, I think he's just playing it slowly for a number of different reasons, including maybe the lack of a trade market that would mm-hmm. even be out there. Um, and the other thing I want to bring up, too, is think about how these things play out when it does come down to a trade. So just, for example, the Cleo Mack situation, where it did come down to, okay, we've exhausted all options to get the contract done. It's got to be a trade. Usually you give the agent permission to start talking to teams yep. and working out the contracts so that you could figure out, I mean, the team still has to figure out the compensation side of it, but the agent gets involved at that point to start negotiating with the teams. The, again, that is one of the major <laughs> complications here. Yep. If it does even get to the point where Roquan's like, I want to trade, well, who's then figuring out his contract with these other teams? Now you have a player working <laughs> for a different team, talking to other teams about, I think, it, I don't messy. even know how that would work, quite yeah. frankly. That's a really good point. That gets really messy really quickly. And like I said, just an extra wrinkle to kind of keep in mind. But uh, I've just been watching this chat, and it's so half and half. You know, pay the man and trade the man or let him go. And, you know, you can't just pay him, like, whatever he wants. Right. Like, that's Ryan, you know, he pulls. He mentioned that as well. And I think I appreciate that, too. Like, he is 
taking, you know, making these difficult decisions for what's the betterment of the Bears in the future, even if it's not a well-received move right now today, it should help the Bears in the future as much as it may be hard to see, you know, right now too. So that's just another way to look at this as well. All right, real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, this is fun kind of having some big news to talk about finally <laughs> uh, with this team. I, there's usually one day at camp that turns into this where it's just like, whoa, okay, crazy news day. Uh, I love it. It's why we love doing this. Hope you're enjoying the show. Hope you're enjoying what we're doing at CHGO and want to tell you that the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app. Use code CHGO when you sign up. And if you do that right now, you will get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. And that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you will receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. And you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's $2,000 in free bets a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. Any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we will help you out. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better. If you see an edge in the game you're watching, or if your favorite team is primed for a comeback, don't just watch the game. Bet along with it live. More live betting, more live markets, and faster live cash-outs. Follow along with your bets, the moment they hit, stay in the action all game long. Download the Points Bet app right now. Use that promo code CHGO. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with Points Bet. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1 800 Gambler for crisis counseling and referral services. And hey, if you're listening to the show and you haven't joined the CHGO family yet, like what are you waiting for? It's such a great value getting all that premium written content on our website on allchgo.com. You get discounts on all of our dope merch that we have for all the teams. We just released a brand new White Sox shirt earlier this week that if you're a Sox fan, I'm sure you would love to go grab right now. And of course, by joining the family, you get to join our lounge the chgo lounge which is a members only discord discord's like an app that you can like do like instant messaging in we have different rooms for different teams so you can theoretically you know hop in a room with fellow bears fans talk to them and i love to join in there as well and uh, i know uh just by checking my phone throughout Family Fest, uh, that room was just going off today with all that Roquan Smith news. But, you know, by joining the CHGO family, you know, it's less than Netflix per month. And you get to support local journalists like us who get to cover, you know, the teams that we want to here in Chicago. And uh, I would appreciate it if you head over to allchgo.com. Check it out and uh, join our family here today. And one more perk on that note, uh, my Hoag's Bears Thing newsletter dropping tomorrow for members that are uh, on board and signed signed up for that. You will get that in your inbox tomorrow morning, and that thing certainly (laughs) took a turn, too. Uh, There will be some non-Roquan news in there because every year at this time, I do my rookie first impressions. One of my favorite things to do every year. I usually give it a couple weeks in the camp to make sure we got the pads on, see how they're doing. So we'll have a rundown of all the rookies. Not all of them, quite frankly. I'm not going to break down. Uh, I, I want know. the Doug Kramer news. All oh, of Doug it. Kramer will be in there. The draft picks will be in there, and then a few more free agent. Jack Sanborn? Sa- Sanborn. He's leading off, isn't he? Micah Do Treadway will also be, I think, right. mentioned in there. Yes. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have some notes in there, and then we'll have major updates to the wide receiver power rankings. Oh, I'm sure. Because half of the guys in the rankings last week uh, are now hurt. And there was another big injury today in camp, by the way, uh, it appeared, with one of those wide receivers, which we'll address here momentarily. Um, all right, well, before we move on to some of the camp stuff, just any final thoughts on this Roquan situation, where it goes from here? Um, one other reason I will say that it's good that the GM goes up there and handles it today is in the head coach. I mean, granted, Matt Eberflew still got peppered with questions about it, <laughs> but, uh, it kind of takes the heat off the head coach. So I guess I'll ask you, Nick, since you're still there at Soldier Field, just takeaways from Matt Eberflew's press conference as well. Yeah, the first question he was asked, like, were you surprised by it? He's like, I'm not really surprised by anything that happens in this league. He gets into business. But he did say, like, he's been constantly talking to Roquan Smith. Didn't talk to him today, obviously. But daily he's been having interactions with Roquan, really just talking specifically about the football side of things, nothing business. But, yeah, Matty Refluz, it seemed like he he didn't seem too concerned with everything going on because, again, he understands that in the NFL, things like this happen. 
So he's going to let Ryan Poles, his team, kind of work with Roquan to kind of get something done. But that was my big takeaway from from Iberflus. Even though despite this position being so paramount to what he wants to do defensively, like he said, we've already been practicing without Roquan Smith. We've, you know, we've had guys like Matthew Adams and all those other guys fill in. So we're already used to it. And so if they have to go into a season like that, like they've already been doing it. So it doesn't sound like Iberflus is too concerned. But like I said, he, he said he was documented what the three most important positions are in this defense. And he knows how important Roquan Smith and how much better the defense would be if he's a part of it. I like what you said, though, about Poles, you know, speaking to the media about it. So Flus didn't have to. I mean, that's a good partnership and kind of taking care of your head coach in a very, I guess, interesting day that it was and allowing him to focus on that practice. So that's a good one, too. Uh, my final thought would be I just hope, Adam, you're the voice of reason that if we were a whole month away, just take a breath and you should be out there week one deal in place hopefully and hopefully it doesn't break the bank and put the bears in the bind in the future hey if it's september 9th much different conversation deal I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that in my calendar my phone yeah it's still august 9th just just another reminder on that one um and yeah i think that was a mistake honestly of the last regime i i know that ryan pace felt like during the season the team should have one voice and that's the head coach but i think there are obviously things and you hear the head coach mention it multiple times. Well, that's up to the GM. That's between the GM and the player. Like, there are things that come up that the front office should handle, not the head coach. And this is obviously um, one of those situations. So um, one one quick thing that's been kind of – and I, gotta, I think I got to give it a little bit more thought to really understand what it means. But the Bears drafted Roquan Smith eighth overall. Mm-hmm. And by all accounts, it has been a home run pick. No one questions that pick. Right. It's a great pick. It's worked out. But here you are, and there seems to be a consensus that you might not even be able to get a first-round pick back for him. What does that say about drafting inside linebackers that early? You know what mm. I'm getting at here? That's an interesting like, point, yeah. If you draft... Um, Obviously a quarterback, but let's even say like a wide receiver top 10. And four years later, you're having a contract problem because he's so freaking good. You're going to get a pretty good return. You're going to get a pretty good haul in return if you do go on to trade him. Pass rusher. I guess Khalil Mack would be the best example. Yep. Top five pick. Works out. Raiders couldn't sign him. Flip him. Multiple first round picks in return. I'm just kind of curious what that means for, like, like, even from the drafting perspective. Like, is this becoming like a running back situation where you just shouldn't draft this position that high anymore? I don't know if I would go there just yet, but I can kind of understand, like, your train of thought in terms of, like, the return on investment that you could get in a theoretical trade, like this exact situation that's in front of us right now. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's an interesting point. Just look at where they drafted Darius Leonard, the Indianapolis Colts. He was a second-round pick, and by all accounts, he's outperformed Roquan in nearly every statistical area. Maybe, obviously, tackles are a little closer, the closest statistic, but, yeah, if you're looking for production, you can find some of the best, you know, linebackers in the game. It doesn't have to be, a, you know, number eight overall like Roquan. Iberflus found them, or the Indianapolis Colts found them, or Darius Leonard in round two. Yeah. Um, Enrique mentions that the Colts stole Quentin Nelson. Ahead. Yeah, but y- no, they didn't. I mean, they had to pick it. They, they, they <laughs> picked ahead of the Bears, and, and I think the Bears would have jumped on Quentin Nelson if he had been there. By the way, similar kind of conversation, though. He's a guard. Like, mm. you usually say you don't draft interior offensive linemen that high. And, that like, I f- vividly remember going in that draft with – Talking about both players, Quentin Nelson and Roquan Smith, I love them equally. Um, I actually, I forget who it was, some draft analyst put Quentin Nelson number one overall, like on his board, and I agreed with it. Like, that's how good he was. And, and Roquan Smith was right up there, too. I was like, no, I don't care what the positional value says. These are just two really good football players. And... Don't overthink it. Just draft them. That's mm-hmm. something I say often. So, mm-hmm. I, I do think that that applies to this situation now to a point. Um, 
if if they're quibbling over, you know, a few million dollars over the life of the contract, or it's some, or they're somewhere in the ballpark, I would actually have that same thinking. Don't overthink it. Sign the guy. You've seen the tape. You understand he's a good football player. He's a good leader. He's good in your locker room. Just get it done. Um, and that's where sometimes I do think that these GMs get caught up a little bit too much in precedent. Some of the things that get put in these deals, I don't think every case has to be the same. Um, but if they are far apart, which based on today's actions, seems like there's mm-hmm. a little bit more distance, then I understand uh, being patient and trying to figure out. Anyway, that's final thoughts on Roquan, I think, at this point. We should talk about what happened at Family Fest. There was a practice that happened. <laughs> it was entertaining. There was definitely mm-hmm. some bad. Uh, there were some highlight moments, too. Best and worst of the day. Will, I'll kick it over to you. What do you got? Yeah, I think the best, and we all may share the best. And I didn't see it live, but, Nick, you showed me the video, and that's Darnell Mooney's one-handed grab along the sideline with Eddie Jackson in coverage. That thing was beautiful. And I'm unfortunately, my eyes were somewhere else on the field during that moment, but I'm glad you found some video online to kind of show me. And definitely by far the best thing I think I saw any single Bears player do today. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there, Will. And you know what? Actually, just rewatching that, I had to make sure because I did a 60-second video down there at Soldier Field. It was Jalen Jones that he caught the ball over, and then he started kind of yelling at Ajax on the sideline. So mm. caught the ball over Jalen Jones, got the right hand over him, had a beautiful catch. And again, none of us actually saw it. We were had our eyes elsewhere. There's everything going on at one point. But, uh, yeah, that was easily the best thing I saw today. Um, just to be, you know, bring up some other things, because that was, that was an incredible catch. Quite frankly, had to be the best. Um, I'm trying to just come up. I know there was a... You're really stretching. Yeah, I know I am. Nope, that no, was Tevin it. Jenkins. Oh, okay. Well, you know, Tevin Jenkins, had, before he... Because, Adam, you, you gave me a good suggestion. Like, ask about Tevin Jenkins. Ask me, Matt Eberflus about him, and I did. And he told me he was in the ramp-up period still. So that's why we didn't see him in the second half of practice. So that's kind of by design. But before that, Tevin Jenkins was making some blocks. Like, And, yes, he got beat really bad by Mario Edwards. I think we all saw that one. Mm-hmm. But after that, in team drills, he kind of came back, had some good blocks. Uh, he made Carson Taylor look like the undrafted free agent that he is. So I guess that's progress. But that's all I got else uh, for, for some of the best things. Hold on, you mentioned Tevin, and I know we didn't see him finish practice, but I think I saw after the fact that was kind of planned doing, like, as he's still ramping up. Can you confirm that for me real quick? Yeah, yeah. So I asked Matt Eberflus that, and that's what he he said. Like, he's still in the ramp-up period, so once it got to the second half of practice, we saw him on the sidelines by design. So that's kind of the schedule that he's been on. But he was doing a little bit more, doing the individuals and also some of the team periods. All right, worst of the day. I just thought the general shape of Soldier Field. He didn't have the whole end zone seats. The grass was turning brown in some sections on the I don't far. Know what Elton John did, did to that field? But yeah, man, it just it looked rough to say the least. And I know there's some preseason action coming up, and then we know how quickly this field likes to deteriorate. So to see it where it is already right now, to me, easily probably the worst thing I saw. It literally looked like no. somebody cut the lawnmower too short. Yes, like it, it every three yards. Like, there was, like, a weird line going down. It was uh, not yeah, a Yeah, I'm looking out here right now, you guys. Like, I'm looking at the 30-yard line, and I don't know what the hell happened there, but there was something going on at that 30-yard line, just yeah. based off no grass being there. Uh, the worst thing I saw, you guys, was, was David Moore going down with an injury. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the lack of wide receivers that this Bears team has, um, he had cart off the field and you know he just looked like he was in pain and it kind of happened in the end zone closest to where the media the press box is at so that was the the worst thing I saw other than you know the field not being in shape and there being all these empty seats here yeah that was definitely the worst injury of the day uh, t- the one that uh, will knows I was kind of getting a little worried about in the press conference or uh, press box that is uh, Cole Komet was grabbing his arm at one point and it was off a block where he came across formation and kind of had his arm stuck out there. And I, you sometimes get wor- worried about a torn peck in those situations. Mm-hmm. And I was just watching him like a hawk, like 
like, I hope he's all right. And he stayed in there, which was a good sign. But then all of a sudden, we all noticed that he hadn't been out there in a while, and we're trying to get eyes on him on the sideline. I will say the good news is uh, I was watching him very closely after um, basically while the players were still on the field right at the end of practice. And he was in the tight end huddle, talking to the tight ends coach, holding the helmet in that left hand, moving that arm around. I think he's probably dealing with a little something there, but it didn't. Um, as John Fox would say, it was probably more of an owie rather than an injury. Um, so I, I, I want to be hopeful that that's not a big deal because for a moment there I was concerned. I don't think this team can afford to lose Cole Komet. And I think you're underselling how concerned you were. You're asking <laughs> Nick and myself, like, where's he now? Okay, where, where did Cole Komet go now? <laughs> do you have eyes on him? Give me a yard marker. Yep. Where's Cole Komet after practice? Do you see Cole Komet? It was, uh, it was pretty consistent. Adam was uh, concerned, I think, is an understatement there, but – yeah, I'm glad, too, that it, you know he was able to kind of put his uh, helmet in each hand. It looked kind of fluid. Uh, but, yeah, that was a little concerning. What was the worst thing you saw? Uh, that was it. Oh, that was it? Yeah. Well, it definitely wasn't the best thing I saw. No. No. That, <laughs> no. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the offensive line because I do think that there were um, some notable things there. With Tevin Jenkins moving up to the second team right tackle, that kicked Larry Bo- Borum over to left tackle for the first time in a while we haven't mm-hmm. really seen that um since like he was over there first team left tackle back in OTAs um so now he's second team left tackle and then when Tevin went out later because that's what the plan was which was a good question by you Nick to figure that out did he suffer a setback or no okay he's ramping up all good that's when Larry Bourne went back to right tackle and Sean Coleman then became the second team left tackle Couple things in here. One, it means Braxton Jones still in there. Mm-hmm. Left tackle. I think at this point with the game coming up Saturday, that's what you you expect. I mean, the offensive line is starting to look like this with Braxton Jones at left tackle, Cody Whitehair at left guard, obviously, Sam Mustafer as the starting center until Lucas Patrick's available. Um, Michael Schofield at right guard, Riley Reef at right tackle. Kind of puts Larry Borum in that swing tackle position. Yep. You, he's the one that's going left to right, right to left. So just some observations there, I think, with the O-line, the way it's shaking out uh, so far this week. Yeah, when I saw that starting five, it we're getting to the point where I'd expect that right side to look like that with those veterans over there and – out of that group, though, I just want to at least give some kudos and praise to Schofield, uh, the right guard today. He was opening up holes in a running game. I saw him getting out to the perimeter, leading the way for David Montgomery in the screen game, getting some key blocks there, too. So he's looking like you know a real deal for the Bears in the offensive line, and a big reason why they brought him, of course, was to, well, not just protect Justin Fields, but also to help this ground game get out there an extension of the screen game. And he did just that today, and really was someone I wanted to highlight because he just kept popping up over and over. And for a guy that's only been here a few weeks, uh, I think that was a really great thing, thing to see. Yeah, and you guys, you mentioned Riley Reef being in that starting lineup. We got to talk to him after um, today's practice, and he was asked, do you kind of see yourself playing more of that right tackle position now? And he didn't say – he said he would play anywhere that the coaching staff kind of puts him at, but it seems like after, you know, initially he was on the left side, he's going to be primarily on as that right tackle kind of position, which does take, like you said, Larry Borum's spot that he was holding down for a little bit. And that's why in the second team, he moves to the opposite side. So it looks like Riley Reef has kind of cemented himself over there for now. And we're kind of seeing the, the line, even though it's still, you're piecing things together, starting to kind of solidify itself before his first preseason game. And then that's a very interesting development. I mean, we kind of hinted at this yesterday on the show. But for a guy who came in and very clearly on day one said he prefers to play left tackle, so quickly get moved over to the right and then basically admit that's his position, that tells me that the Bears saw something early on that the guy just can't play left tackle anymore. Um, So I think that's worth... I think that's worth considering here as you look at... Because I just saw a question. Like, can Tevin Jenkins still elevate himself into the starting offensive line. I would say he's got a hell of a lot of work to do right now for that yep. to happen. But, um, you know, if there's something preventing Riley Reef from playing left tackle, then to me that's telling me that there's a there's a limitation there. 
that could potentially hold him back and allow one of these younger guys to elevate themselves. I think in a perfect world, Tevin Jenkins has an outstanding training camp, gets in these preseason games, starts running some dudes over, (laughs) and becomes the starting right tackle. That's the perfect scenario and probably not the most realistic scenario. Um, But I don't want to close the door to that type of thing happening yet. Like if you're the Bears, if you're Ryan Poles trying to set this roster up for future success, would you rather have the young second-year former second-round pick emerge as your starter or a guy who you signed the week training camp started because you had to sign him? Right. I mean, at least the guy you signed, though, you look good for making that move and yeah. overcoming a weakness. Uh, but I actually wanted to ask you a question about what you said about Reef, and maybe they saw that he can't hold up at left tackle anymore. Do you think it could be more that than Braxton Jones being, you know? Well, it's probably uh, both. I know. I, I just yeah. want to know, like, which way like do you think weighs heavier right now? Well, I, I think um, I think probably more to what I said about him potentially being limited to right okay. tackle, uh, mainly because – that's just such a shud- sudden shift to go from I want to play left tackle to ah, I'm pretty much going to be the right tackle. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, putting some weight in his own words. Um, but then also, like, why isn't Larry Bourne the guy with the first team right tackle and then you're using Reef more as the swing guy? Right. Which I was thinking at some point last week. Um, I, you know, in a pinch, can he still play on the left side? Probably. I just think this is – some evidence that you're seeing as they sh- as they work through these teams and these options on uh, at the tackle position specifically. I was really hoping you were just going to say it's just Braxton Jones being a stud. Well, I think let me re- let me be clear on that because I, I didn't address that part. I think Braxton Jones is having a good camp. I think he's clearly doing something that is showing the he's certainly doing something to earn himself the first team reps right over and over and over again. Now, are there moments where you're like? Uh, all right, that's a little iffy. I mean, there was definitely one team period today where Robert Quinn was consistently getting in the backfield on him, but that also shouldn't be that surprising when you're talking about one of the best to ever do it. Mm-hmm. Guy who had 18 and a half sacks last year going up against a rookie fifth-round pick from Southern Utah. Yeah, and real quickly, you guys, on Larry Borum, obviously he's the one who's been switching now in these last couple of days because now we said Tevin Jenkins was was with the second team and Larry Boren moved to the left side so could it also be that the Bears just Riley Reefs is a better player than Larry Borum and now when we saw that second unit Boren moved to the left side and Jenkins was was the right tackle so it could also be telling on what they kind of think of Larry Borum at this point too and that obviously Braxton Jones has done enough to where Riley Reef can't take his job. He has to go over to the opposite side. He's better than Borum. Now we got to move Borum to the left, and Tevin Jenkins goes on the right for the first portion of practice. So I know there's a lot of lot of lot of pieces moving, but I think it's also telling of what, what Larry Borum is at this point. Because he has been flip flopping and until Tevin Jenkins is done with the ramp up period, then we might get a better indication of who they are who they value more is that right tackle, Borum or Jenkins. Well, of course, the flip-flopping could also just be getting additional reps to be that swing guy. I don't know if that's what you were insinuating or not. I was trying to read between the lines there, Nick. But, yeah, either way, still a lot of fluctuation going on. And I think what I saw from Tevin Jenkins today of someone's wondering, like, hey, like you said, can he work his way up? Yeah, but what I saw today wasn't even close to ready for, you know, starting level offensive line play. He still needs to keep progressing and improving from what at least what they showed us here today at Family Fest. All right, uh, got to get moving here to uh, sneak in some questions here at the end, address, uh, empty the notebook. I still got some more things to do here. I know, uh, Will, you got to tell us about our friends at Owen, though. Yeah, so Owen, it of course, stands for Only What You Need. It's a 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you nutrition that works as hard as you do, and all their products are free of artificial ingredients. They're allergen-friendly. There's no gluten or dairy in them, and they're easily digestible. You know, I've been taking Owen for my post-workout drink for years now uh, just because I'm, I have allergies to other 
uh, different types of protein shakes and Owen doesn't hurt my stomach. It doesn't make me queasy or anything after the fact. So I love that. And we know we heard about Owen from Chicago bears quarterback, Justin Fields, who follows a plant-based diet and Owen and CHGO have partnered up to give you an awesome offer. You can get 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com. That's L I V E O W Y N.com. And you can get that 20% off with the code CHGO 20. That's CHGO 20. So join me and Justin Fields and try Owen. Only what you need. Well, if you're here, you probably have a good idea what we're doing here at CHGO. But since it's been a big news day, you might you know, might be new, um, and that's fine. Welcome if you are. Want to make sure you know that we have podcast live shows, not just on the Bears every single day, but on all Chicago teams. Uh, we even cover the Fire, Red Stars, Chicago Sky. We're doing coverage that no one else has in Chicago at this point, and the post game shows, which we should tell you, first post game. For Bears coming up Saturday, I'm excited. Woo. After the after the preseason game, we will be here with the first post game show uh, that we're able to do. Really, the closest thing we've had to that so far is uh, these post practice shows, and then the draft as we react to live. But it'll be nice to have an actual game and do a post game show. So that's coming up Saturday. And then, as Will was telling you earlier, premium written content for members at All CHGO. My newsletter will come out tomorrow morning if you're signed up. So get Get on board. If you're not already, go to All CHGO. Sign up for the membership. Uh, you can get the first month for just 50 cents, so that's a good thing to take advantage of if you're sort of on the fence. Um, we also have merchandise for all teams, and you get one of those free T-shirts when you become a member. So pick out your favorite one. We'll get it sent to you. You'll be able to rock that early. And then members-only Discord, which is something that we are going to continue to be involved with and jump in. Uh, as well, it's your own like personal access to those of us here at CHGO, uh, and only the members are in there. So it's a little bit better of a conversation than you might find uh, sometimes on Twitter. Oh. Although I like Twitter, but <laughs> I also have many moments where I don't like Twitter. I think that's valid. Yeah. I think a lot of people may share that sentiment too. Yeah, uh, We do have a super chat, which is a good way to kick off our final segment here on the show. Uh, this is coming in from John. He says, imagine Nagy's real talk, not coach talk on this. Um, I don't want to I'm imagine that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. I don't know what it would have been. I don't right. even know. I, I yeah. try not to think about him anymore. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Sorry, all right, John. Regardless, uh, if we have more questions here at the end, we will, we will address them. A couple things I wanted to, to touch on in my notes, though. Um, maybe some of these, I was watching the wide receivers closely today. Mainly I was trying to figure out who was still, um, on the team compared to like over the weekend when people got hurt. Um, but there was a couple things I noted. One was Isaiah Coulter. Just, there was one rep I really did not like where the ball was slightly underthrown and he just like made no effort to come back to mm. it. It was just I, I don't know. It's just for for a uh, for a guy who's fighting for a roster spot, and I think right now with the injuries, probably you consider him running with the second teams right now. I, I feel like he should, you know, be going all out at all times. Anyway, uh, Chris Fink had a he had an opportunity to make a really tough catch in one on ones when he did a great job of beating uh, Jalen Jones on a ball from Nathan Peterman. Uh, but he wasn't able to make the play. It's like a borderline drop. You know, it's it's kind of the same thing I was getting on the Keel Harry for, where it's like not the easiest catch in the world, but that's the play they're asking you to make if you want to make the team. Right. So just kind of a, a missed opportunity there. Uh, we talked about Tevin Jenkins. He got beat very clearly to the inside by Mario Edwards Jr. at one point, but then on the very next rep um, went up against Carson Taylor and stoned him pretty good. So I thought that that was notable. Um, Robert Quinn he looked good. He did. Like again, this goes back to me just not caring if he doesn't practice sometimes or gets vet days, doesn't play in the preseason. Like when he wants to flash, he flashes. And I think that that's still a good sign uh, for him on this roster. Uh, we talked about the O line. I think that pretty much empties up my my notebook. All right. So for me, looking at these wide receivers. 
as we know, there's a lot of injuries at the position right now, and the depth chart, which was already in question, is already being scrutinized a little bit more and really in flux. But outside of Mooney and EQ, I'm going to go back to EQ instead of ESB for St. Brown, no one was making any separation downfield. It didn't matter. During team drills, the Bears' defense would just continue to stack the box, mm-hmm. and nobody was winning those routes one-on-one to do anything to help Justin, so that was a rough one. Uh, a lot of people were asking me on Twitter about Daz Newsom. Uh, he had a couple of reps with the starters, but primarily still playing with the reserves. Uh, made a couple of plays, uh, both during team as well as the one-on-one, one-on-one drills, uh, but still nothing like eye-popping. Uh, defensively, you know, obviously they were just dominant yet again in team drills. Uh, havoc in the backfield. Nobody open for fields for the vast majority. Uh, they were playing fast, playing aggressive. I like that uh, Nicholas Morrow appeared in my notes finally a couple of times today. Uh, this is the last few times I've been to practice. I forgot he was even playing, and today at least I was able to just name, name down a couple of times, a couple of solid plays against the run. And if you're looking for any success stories on offense, it really just comes on the ground. Uh, they're doing end zone dr- uh, drills again, like around the goal line at the six. Uh, Fields had two plays in a row in which he was able to scramble for a touchdown. And then the best plays of the day came on the ground, too, with uh, David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. Uh, I know there was one play where Monty didn't get touched for about 15 yards right up the gut. Uh, it was a very well-blocked play by the Bears there. But if you're looking for a little bit of a silver lining out of everything else we talked about today, is that the Bears running game looked pretty good. You know what, you guys, I'm not even going to mention anything really what happened on the practice field. Just more on the sidelines. I was doing some Roquan Smith tracking to see what he was up to while he was on the sidelines. So got like a, a little thread going on Twitter. He started off by doing some planks, so working on that core. Then in the next photo, he did some squats with a resistance band. So getting the glutes and, you know, the quads going there. Did some sit-ups, then moved into some battle ropes. So Roquan Smith was getting it, even though... He's holding in, still at Bears practicing. Well, we also saw Kyle from Love is Blind, so that was also another. Ooh, cool that could have been the best thing. I know it could have been the best thing. I didn't. You guys mentioned some guy named Kyle. I had no idea what you were talking about. No, so on Netflix there's that show Love is Blind. My wife loves to watch it, so I watch okay. it with her. Uh, I think Nick actually likes the show a lot, right? It's okay. Uh, hey, Stephanie made me watch it. It was a good show. Yeah. Is this like The Bachelor? Uh, kind of, but they f- meet each other in like uh, these pods where they can't see each other. They're just talking. So mm. is Love Blind is the whole premise of the show. And then most of the cast was like from Chicago uh, last season. And Kyle was a Bears fan. I felt a lot very bad for him on the show because uh, the woman that he was with and it really, you know, wasn't really digging. And, you know, he's used to heartbreak, though, because obviously he's a Bears fan. Seems so. like this has been enough conversation about this at this point. Yeah, you Casey, asked, wa- Casey you wants you to watch the it. next question. Casey wants more? No, she wants you to watch it. Oh, no chance. Go watch it. No chance. Uh, <laughs> you know, first of all, it's now football season, so I don't know when that would even happen. I snuck in the Bear right before. Oh, that's uh, a great show. Right before training camp started. You guys, I, I heard today in the press box, you guys have jumped in on it. The Bear is awesome. Highly recommend it. It's on Hulu. Uh, it's about Chicago. Yep. Um, so that's a good one. But yeah, other than that, there's, I'm going to try as hard as I can to sneak in hard knocks. Okay. I, I think it starts tonight. Um, it's it usually the only show I'm able to watch in August. And um, typically I don't finish it. Typically I get bored by like the third episode. It's the same show every year, just with a different team. Oh, yeah. But I love it so much. But it, it's yeah. fun. It's like it's the kickoff to football. We we'll get a little Dan Campbell action this year. Maybe a little yelling, some kneecaps. Right. I don't know. You sold me. I hope so. <laughs> oh, that's why I am. I am excited about the Dan Campbell part. But um, I don't know. Casey says it turns out the guy from the Bear doesn't like Chicago deep dish pizza. Well, that's fine. As long as he likes tavern style pizza, the real Chicago pizza, then it's all good. Ooh. The guy, the cousin in that show, the guy they call cousin, I mean, str- I c- could have been one of my friends from Bridgeport, like, easily. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, I, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Every time I hear that guy talk, I'm like, yep. yep. That's great. It, it's a good show. Outstanding show. Uh, I don't know how many awards Episode 7 can win, but win them all. We're watching that tonight, right, Nick? Yes. Oh, hell yeah. I haven't seen it yet. I can't wait. Oh, oh I, you haven't seen episode seven yet? No. Uh, I've, wow. I've seen it, and I try not to say anything about it around Nick other than 
the one thing that everyone's talked about, which is all taken in one shot, which is incredible. And I can't wait to unveil it to Nick here uh, after I get back from this show. All right, we got to get out of here. Uh, Nick, great job out there at Soldier Field. Crazy news day. We have you covered. AllCHGO.com. Uh, check out the coverage there. I'm sure we'll have some post-practice observations coming your way. Newsletter's out tomorrow, so make sure you're signed up uh, for the uh, CHGO membership. Follow us on Twitter at CHGO underscore sports underscore bears. Back at Hell's Hall tomorrow. Back here on the show, 2 o'clock post-practice recap. You're still around tomorrow, right? Yep, well, I'm still we'll here We'll be tomorrow. here again tomorrow. And uh, we're inching just closer and closer and closer to actual sort of kind of real football Saturday against the Chiefs. Looks like a quick super chat real Let's quick. Do it. Quick super chat. Are um, the wide receivers a bigger problem than the O-line even when healthy? When both are healthy. Ooh. I will say this. How about this? We will talk about this more tomorrow, I promise. I think an argument can be made that there have so far been more answers or potential answers on the O-line than there have been a wide receiver. Yep, I agree with that. Yeah. Like At least we're getting answers. They may not be you know, Class A answers, but they're answers nevertheless. But I can't wait to have that conversation tomorrow. All right, we'll talk to you then. 2 o'clock tomorrow, post-practice. See you.